0: Broadcasting from the unknown regions in a galaxy far, far away, MRC Tech presents The Last Podcast. episode 5 coming into your hot. my name is sean and welcome to the last podcast to start us off i want to go over a brief agenda with you as the show will be a little bit different today first i wanted to announce that with the blessing of greg and sam and the we pod squad i am venturing out on my own in an independent fashion still under the umbrella of the we pod squad but now you will be able to get All of the podcast goodness from The Last Podcast on its own feed. So if you go to www.thelastpodcast.mrctechllc.com, you'll get to the Podbean site. But you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. So the way this podcast is going to work today is that part one will be under the We Podcast and We Know Things feed, and part two will be under the last podcast feed. So if you want to catch the entire episode five of the last podcast, you'll have to go to both feeds. And the reason why we're doing this is because we want to capture the audience from both and to push a little bit to the last podcast, so thanks if you're listening now make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the last podcast and if you haven't already done so subscribe to the we podcast and we know things feed as well starting off we'll do the hyperspace spot we'll move on to the holonet highlights we'll then break the episode part two will then have the breakdown of the last jedi part four we'll have our discussion and answer portion of the podcast usually that was at the beginning now it's going to be at the end And then we will part ways until another couple weeks. So it's a pretty exciting episode here on The Last Podcast. This is Episode 5. In today's hyperspace spot, which is our top story of The Last Podcast, we are going to look into the Sith Trooper. Recently announced for San Diego Comic-Con, the Sith Trooper. Trooper is a brand new Stormtrooper to the Star Wars galaxy. Now you might be thinking to yourself, oh, another Stormtrooper, this is boring. And you might be right. But the connections of the Sith Trooper to different lore in Star Wars Legends and Star Wars games of old will make this Sith Trooper a bit exciting. So first off, let's talk about where the sith trooper maybe originated so first and foremost this information can be found on screen rant but they make some connections between the knights of the old republic game back in 2003 and today's sith troopers to summarize it the sith troopers in the game were basically stormtroopers of today they were fodder they were meant to be uh, eliminated and they would just go into battle for the sith army now Uh, Knights of the Overpublic happens thousands of generations ago, so uh, there was many more Sith and many more Jedi back in that time frame. But as we fast forward to today, the Sith Trooper makes its appearance for the first time in Disney's canon. So what does it all mean? Only J.J. Abrams knows that answer. Speaking of JJ Abrams, he did release a little quote about the Sith Trooper for San Diego Comic Con. First, he says, In the Rise of Skywalker, we have new troopers that are completely different in design. The materials, the colors, the lines. There is something about the aesthetic of it that just felt absolutely right. I cannot wait for people to see the work that everyone's done. Thanks, JJ, for the lack of information you gave us, but let's go down the path of conjecture shall we first we know the sith is some sort of evil we also know that the sith were defeated when palpatine was thrown down the pit in the death star or so we thought we also know that kylo ren is not a true sith because supreme leader snoke is not a true sith so sith is equivalent to, say, the Jedi, in which they follow a certain set of beliefs and rules, and they stick within the boundaries of those rules. But as we found out in the past couple movies, the Force does not confine itself to certain rules and boundaries. So, you know, it's all about ideals, and it's all about moving forward. But the introduction of the Sith Trooper can only mean one thing, that Palpatine had a plan. He originally had the contingency, which meant that if the Empire were ever to fall, he would have people in place to bring it up from the ashes. But I believe that Palpatine was a paranoid little guy who wanted ultimate power. And the ultimate power in the universe, according to Voldemort, is immortality. So if he was able to stay alive no matter what, then the use of the Sith Trooper would make sense. Now, my question is... Does the First Order even know about the Sith Trooper? Like, Were these troopers created specifically for this contingency to the contingency plan? Are the Sith Troopers of uh, natural born descent in terms of uh, were they children or were they created? Is this a Clone Army 2.0? These are all great questions that I love to talk about and think about, but it is one of those things that we won't know until the next trailer, maybe, and we won't know until the final movie drops in December, which is around 150 days, if I'm counting correctly. So the Sith Trooper is a great design. Uh, it's got a shorter uh, weapon. Uh, it definitely has some aesthetic to the original Clone Trooper, if you look straight onto its helmet. Uh, The lines are very bold, it's very tactical. You know, if we were afraid of the Death Troopers in Rogue One, I feel like the Sith Troopers are about 10 times more elite in my opinion. So what do you think of the Sith Trooper? I think it's a great addition to the Star Wars galaxy as we know that the layers of the galaxy are going to add on as more stories are told. So let me know your thoughts in this. Speaking of the rise of Skywalker and Palpatine, I wanted to shoot through a little theory which may connect with the immortality of Emperor Palpatine. So this theory on the dork side of the force provided by C.J. Hawkins basically says, did Palpatine plan Padme's death? So as we know, Palpatine is a planner. He, He goes through scenarios. He can likely see the future and can kind of guide people here and there. So we know that Padme dies in Revenge of the Sith, but it's not clear medically why she died. She kind of just lost the will to live. Well, some people have thought of a theory that Palpatine transferred the essence of Padme's life into Vader. I would like to think that he transferred the life out of Padme and into some sort of artifact. And that artifact may have been Vader's helmet. And who has Vader's helmet now but Kylo Ren. So is the essence of Palpatine in Vader's helmet right now kind of controlling him? You know, we've seen that uh, Kylo Ren sort of intimately talks to Vader's helmet when he's feeling blue. So it's very interesting to think that maybe Palpatine was able to transfer several essence from different Force beings or people strong in the Force or people sensitive to the Force to different artifacts and then hid them around the galaxy just in case he were to fall. And then there was a final plan to come back and swoop in and take over a body and whatever. This is basically the plot of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, but it doesn't matter because that movie was great and that book was great and this Rise of Skywalker is looking to be a legendary epic movie into which we will talk about for a long time so the hype train is real this has been your hyperspace spot for the day as you know this podcast cannot exist without being part of the we pod squad thanks to greg and sam under we podcast and we know things for all their support during the past 10 weeks of the podcast being alive and make sure you catch The Iron Ryan Show every other Tuesday as Ryan tackles different topics from wrestling to toys to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So guys, keep up the great work. And Sam, I'm inviting you over specifically so we can watch The Last Jedi together. You bring the pizza. The Net Highlights is a short recap of a lot of news in a little bit of time. So let's get started. Leading off Disney's Star Wars, 1,700 employees hired for new land. So this is for the Florida Galaxy's Edge. And it looks like, according to the Orlando Sentinel, that Disney has reached a major milestone in hiring 1,700 employees. More than double the 700 workers brought on for Animal Kingdom's Pandora. Pandora expansion to run Galaxy's Edge. The new land opens in about 43 days on August 29th at Orlando's Hollywood Studios. About 60% of Galaxy's Edge workers are transferring from other positions at Walt Disney Company, which frees up other positions according to Disney. The other roughly 40% are new hires to the company. Already the training has begun. Some of the early lessons for Matthews, an employee, are about the fried Endorian tip-yip, or fried chicken, in Earth terms. The heavy construction is over so Matthews can go to work without a hard hat and closed-toed hiking boots. That was mandatory before. The key to the magic of all the new experiences here at Walt Disney World, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge being chief among them, is our cast members. They bring these experiences to life for our guests and help create memories that last a lifetime. I am super excited for Galaxy's Edge in Florida, and I'm super excited for all the new hires and the magic that they will bring to countless youths and families for the foreseeable future. Next up, staying in Galaxy's Edge, Galaxy's Edge big new ride is coming to Disney World this December. Now there are two rides planned for Galaxy's Edge, the Millennium Falcon ride and the Rise of the Resistance. Upon opening of Galaxy's Edge in both Disneyland and Disney World, the Millennium Falcon ride will be ready to go. But in December, the Rise of the Resistance will also open in Florida and in January in Disneyland, California. According to Gizmodo, Disney has just officially announced that the second ride after Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run to be included as part of Galaxy's Edge will open at Disney World in Orlando, Florida, December 5th, and January 17th, 2020, in Anaheim. Rise of the Resistance is meant to be one of the most ambitious ride experiences Disney has planned in years, tasking theme park goers as daring agents of the Resistance, handpicked personally by Rey and Leia before being waylaid by the sinister First Order. Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, Oscar Isaac, and John Boyega all reprise their roles for new footage included as part of the ride, which sees riders fly from the surface of Galaxy's Edge setting in Batuu, only to be captured aboard a Star Destroyer and have to make their escape through the legs of First Order AT-AT walkers. The apparent ambition of the experience is in part why Disney decided to delay the opening of Rise and unveil Galaxy's Edge with just a single ride, but fans won't have to wait that much longer to find out if it was worth the wait. So that's pretty exciting that Rise of the Resistance will be open only a few months after. And that's obviously a marketing scheme to get people into the park early and then to get them to come back. And what stinks is that I'll be heading to Disneyland December 4th through the 8th in Anaheim and I'll just be missing it by one month. So boo to me. Speaking of reprising her role, Daisy Ridley says recording for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was difficult. According to CinemaBlend, Daisy Ridley says recording for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was hard. Since Daisy Ridley was cast as Rey in the most recent Star Wars trilogy, she's been working non-stop. The 27-year-old has not only filmed for the famed franchise back-to-back in a matter of five years, but she's also done Murder on the Orient Express, Peter Rabbit, Ophelia, and Chaos Walking. On top of that, she's also played Rey in video games, animated projects, and most recently for Disneyland's new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which she admits was a harrowing extra load. In her words... It was really hard we were shooting and the only time we could do it was like on a shoot day or something I was really tired I think it must have been before Christmas I worked a lot on that film and I was really tired and it was super technical I could not for the life of me remember the lines it was really stressful but now I'm in a theme park so it must have been pretty difficult for her to kind of balance that but it's also pretty awesome that the characters from Rise of Skywalker will be reprising their roles in Rise of Resistance. Now, I assume, storyline-wise, similar to the Harry Potter ride in Orlando, not the new one, but the first one, is that it will like capture a moment prior to the end of the movies to keep it kind of relevant, right? So, the Rise of the Resistance, I'm sure, will take place between the end of The Last Jedi and the beginning of the Rise of Skywalker to keep it kind of copacetic. So, uh, that's my assumption for it, but as they said, anytime you can get the actors to reprise their roles is a great connection. Think about how the MCU has done it between movies, and now we have the actual park experience and the actual actors reprising their roles coming in to uh, make the guest experience unforgettable. So kudos to Disney for making all of that happen, and that wraps our Galaxy's edge portion of the holonet highlights now here's something super random star wars jar jar binks is trending on twitter and nobody knows why this happened on july 8th one tweet questioning the phenomenon from ESPN writer Ryan McGee was favorited more than 4,500 times. Other qu- others questioning the trend speculated the hapless sidekick turned politician had finally been revealed as a Sith Lord, fulfilling a long-running fan theory. That's something we can get into later. An investigation by the Tampa Bay Times narrowed the trend to a tweet from Luke Skywalker starred Mark Hamill, who in the early hours of Monday tweeted a graphic helping fans determine their Star Wars fate. Your name starts with the letter J. Jar Jar Binks is tied to a fate determined by your birth month. The tweet has been favorited more than 13,000 times with nearly 6,000 comments. Other users use the opportunity to praise actor Ahmed Best, who famously weathered the character's poor reputation in 20 years since debuting as the floppy-eared Gungan. So that is the power of Twitter. One person tweeted something that wasn't even in relation to Charge Our Banks, and it took off and started trending. So Twitter, you did it again. Moving on and making a connection to The Iron Ryan Show and their San Diego Comic-Con Toy Prediction, a rare Star Wars toy sold at auction in Pennsylvania for $112,000. This was a prototype Bubba Fett shown off at the 1979 New York Toy Fair but it never reached full production because it was deemed a hazard for children and I'm assuming a choking hazard. So it's pretty amazing that a toy that never went into production has sold for $112,000. So the Sinister Six, get your shekels together and let's get this sucker. For the first time ever at D23 Expo, Lucasfilm will host its own pavilion on the show floor, featuring an impressive display showcasing the evolution of Star Wars Stormtroopers. The exhibit will include several of the actual costumes used on screen throughout the iconic movie series. From the classic Stormtrooper to the new design featured in the upcoming Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, this stunning display is a rare opportunity to examine these production costumes up close instead of in a galaxy far, far away. There will also be an opportunity for young Padawans to feel the force with Star Wars Galaxy Adventures video shorts and interactive activities for kids. As if that wasn't exciting enough on Friday, August 23rd at 3.30 p.m. in Hall D23, guests will get a sneak peek at Jon Favreau's action-packed bounty hunter series, The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, played by Pedro Pascal and a is a bounty hunter who travels the outer reaches of the lawless galaxy, surviving as a mercenary for hire. Dave Filoni, supervising director on Star Wars The Clone Wars and writer-slash-director on The Mandalorian, along with special guests, will join Favreau for the onstage presentation. The highly anticipated program for Disney+, Plus represents the first-ever Star Wars live-action series. Speaking of The Mandalorian and piggybacking off of the latest episode of We Podcast and We Know Things, Jon Favre reveals that he is currently writing the script for Season 2. Does that mean that they're greenlit for Season 2? Maybe, maybe not. But it's good practice to have something down to present to the showrunners so that a project could move forward. I am sure that seasons were written for shows that didn't survive, like, oh, I don't know, Veronica Mars. Oh, that's back? Thanks, Greg, for that information. But there's definitely something to be said about John Favreau's uh, busy life these days, both in the MCU and Star Wars galaxy. So that is pretty cool stuff there. And finally, to end the Hollow Knight highlights and to the chagrin of Greg and Sam, there's a possible rumor floating around there that Brie Larson could be cast in a future Star Wars project. So Brie Larson is already dominating one side of the cosmos in her role as Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel, but a new photo proves how awesome she could look in a different galaxy. Larson recently took to Instagram to share a photo of her with Star Wars robes and a lightsaber with a caption about how the photo shows off her Jedi realness. I think she went the galaxy's edge opening night, so I'm sure she got all the garb and did, you know, did up the Star Wars galaxy right. Now whether or not she would be a good person to portray a Star Wars character is up in the air. What makes Star Wars different from the MCU is that the MCU has established in prior mediums like movies, comics, and TV, these different characters. Star Wars on the other hand has only established a handful of characters in the 9, 10, 11-ish movies that they've had. But do you know of any female characters that are not Princess Leia? Right now, that's the thing. Brie Larson could play a new character. And maybe her hmm, stone acting will actually make sense for this new character. But what say you about Brie Larson and playing a character in Star Wars? I think it could work out. Her star is definitely rising, but will it be worth the price of admission? Folks, that ends the Hollow Knight highlights for this episode. And with that, that also ends part one of episode five of the last podcast. If you want to catch part two, you can jump on over to the last podcast feed found in all major podcast feeds such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, or you can stream Right from my website at mrctechllc.com/podcast and listen right from there. Make sure you like, subscribe, and interact with the We Pod Squad, We Podcast, and We Know Things, and the Ion Ryan Show. Part one is going to end now, and I'll catch you on the other side for part two. And as always, as they say, after weird, fragmentic episodes, may the force be. RC Tech presents The Last Podcast, copyrighted 2019, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music credits to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Music by ChillHop.com. Star Wars covers featured by Unicorn Studios and Pandemic on YouTube. This has been the last podcast. Visit the website www.mrctechllc.com for more information.